The Watch is the latest and the greatest in pop culture from best friends Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. Join them as they discuss TV, movies, music, and much more. Check out The Watch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Prestige TV podcast. My name is Bill Simmons. I'm here with Joe House. We have loved Curb Your Enthusiasm since it premiered in 2000. It has been in our lives now over two decades. Two thirds of our friendship. I feel like this is out of every show ever. This is the one I've called you the most on the phone after just to rehash and discuss like a pregame show. And now it's coming back again, October 24th. So we thought we would do a Hall of Fame episode. What does this show mean to you? What does it mean to our friendship? Just go. All of our adult lives, because we really were not adults until we got to age 30. <laughs> yeah, until the probably. 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have had this show in the same way that we've had the great um, sports leagues that we love and the teams that we love as a thing to sit down and just in in excruciating and, and completely undeserved detail, try and make sense out of all of it. And it has been a glorious, glorious journey, a wonderful opportunity for us to, you know, live our worst selves through, the, <laughs> through this show. And thank God to have the show so we can, our worst selves can come out. It's a show that evolved, you know, and I did a mailbag thing, I think 10 years ago, where I did each year, each season, like pitching stats. The show we're going to do is season seven. It's the first episode. It's called Funkhauser's Crazy Sister. It's September 2009. It was kind of the end of the era when you could cross all the lines that this episode crosses. Um, but going backwards, he shoots the pilot. Um, it becomes a series in 2000. If you watch that, and I've, I've done rewatches for this a couple of times. The first couple of years, Larry's not fully there yet as an actor, as a performer. But it still has great episodes. Our favorite one was Gil Bang. Yes, which, amazing. Which I think was the third one. Welcome to the house that come built. Forever. Um, season two, two Pantheon episodes that year, The Doll and the Shrimp Incident, has The Shack, has the happy ending masseuse. It's really starting to round into what the show is. Um, season three, I think, is considered to be the best season. It's It's got the best beginning to end subplot, which is them trying to open the resta- restaurant. That's Crazy Eyes Killer, which is the show I think you and I have enjoyed the most, just um, going back and forth. It's, it's own got, Hall of Fame wing. Yeah. That show. It's got episodes, and I wrote this back then. Any true Curb fan will know what you mean. Chet Shirt, Benadryl Brownie, Club Soda, Nanny from Hell, Terrorist Attack, Mom's Grave, Corpse Sniffing Dog, Crazy Eyes Killer, The Housekeeper, Tourette's Chef. Um, 
Susie yelling, fuck you, you car wash cunt at Cheryl. It's probably the single funniest one-liner in the show. Wow. It's just so good. As it goes, it goes. And Susie comes in and it's like, that's when Susie became Susie. That's true. I uh, like that. Sorry for my language. Season four was the producer's season. Not quite as good. Yeah. Um, but had the uh, the episode where he takes the call, go to the Dodger game, the carpool lane episode, and a couple other good ones. Also, we get Marty Funkhauser that year. He which cut, yes. He's a very important part very important. Of, of this season. Season five, this was the kidney transplant season. Now it's like, ah, it was fine. There's no Pantheon episode that year. I thought Larry's racist dog was close, but it just seemed like the show was petering out at this point, right? We started to get worried. I'm not afraid to say it. It was too much Richard Lewis. Yeah, too much. Yeah. Too much Richard Lewis. His usage rate was too high. Too high. Yeah, you're right. Season six, comeback year. We get the blacks. We get- Unbelievable. uh, We get a Hurricane Katrina subplot, a displaced family. We get more Funkhauser. We get the Freak Book episode. And we get Loretta. Larry. We get Loretta Black. Yes, and we get JB Smoove, and it's just the all of a sudden the show is a completely different show in a good way. It has it brings in this whole cultural element that is just incredible. And Larry playing off them, JB Smoove. Nobody kind of knew really who he was at that point. Amazing. So his, he it's, takes off. It's and, hard to believe that he wasn't in the show from the very, very beginning. Right. He seems like reflection. a staple. Yes. Yeah. Him and Super Dave. It That's seems right. like both of them have been there the whole time. They That's have not. Right. So that one has, uh, that Freak Book's probably the best episode. It has a season finale where Larry gets separated. Yeah, that's the, I mean, that, there's there's big dramatic developments. He gets separated from, separated from Cheryl. Then. You, you know I need Cheryl. He goes to Loretta, which sets yes. up season seven. Yeah. Now season seven, um, this is the return of Seinfeld season. This is the best episode of this season. I actually really like the Seinfeld stuff. I think it's held up nicely. Yeah. The Costanza versus Larry kind of in, in Jason. It's like, who, wait, who, who owned this character? Right. How they handle the Michael Richards stuff. The friendship of Seinfeld and Larry just really comes out in some of the ad lib stuff. And then we also get the, uh, this is the second time I'm saying this C word, Marty. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, P.S. Your cut is in the sink, <laughs> which is probably the single funniest moment in the history of the show. Yeah, um, right. But this this also kicks off with Funkhauser's crazy sister, which this is the end of an era, right? The end of two thousand nine. This is the R rated comedies. This is comedy pushing the envelope. Twitter hasn't really come into shape yet. And people crossing lines, maybe there were some lines that were unfortunately crossed, but people are crossing lines from a comedy standpoint and we're all kind of in on it. There's nuance to it. It's like, this is part of what's funny is I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you did that. I think this might be the all time. I can't believe you did that episode. There there are at least six different instances where, I mean, conventions (laughs) are destroyed. Cultural sensitivities are obliterated. It's out the window. They're just like, at this point, the show's like, we're immune. You can't come I, at us. I rewatched the show without doing any research ahead of time because I wanted to see how they treated one particular thing, which is what is Bam Bam's real name? Guess what? They don't tell us. <laughs> they just refer to this woman, Marty Funkhauser's relative, as Bam Bam. <laughs> And all the adults call her Bam Bam. 
and nobody thinks. I mean, it's just stunning that that this is what you could do in 2009. How do you think Bam Bam? I feel like now the Bam Bam thing would be received totally differently. Where they'd be like, "You're making fun of mental illness. This is this character had an you, issue." You or would, do you think Curb is just immune? Because Curb might be like Charles Barkley, where it's just immune. No, I don't think Curb is uh, immune. I think Curb would would handle it differently now. Mm. I think there were not I, as I overt. Can't, I can't write. I, I I can't because now that would feel like you're beating somebody over the head, right? right. Because of all of the uh, yeah. development of of sensitivities around awareness. mental illness and the awareness and and. And it's right. So you wouldn't just introduce a character. They call it the you know the crazy house. The you know yeah, the, so it's in the title. Back, it's Funkhouser's crazy sister. We're going to put her back the in the show. home. Yeah, like, that's a way of dealing with with her illness. She's in the home. Oh, she's got to go back to the home because she's still crazy. Jeff screaming at her at one point. She's crazy. She's like they have the whole thing. Um, but you know, in two thousand nine, they're just going for the laughs. They're trying to. The show had a way of like, we're going to push the envelope. We're going to all the places nobody else wants to go. So the big theme of this episode, Larry needs a new purpose to win back Cheryl. That's the setup for this season. Yes. I'm still in love with Cheryl. I went down the road with the Blacks. I got to get out of this. You have Lorette. The, the ABCD stories are Loretta may have cancer. Larry's starting to think like, what did I get myself into? He can't even control the temperature in his house anymore. Um, the B story is they, the Funkhauser asked him to babysit Bam Bam for two hours, who's out of an institution. So he brings Jeff over there. The C story is Susie's having a dinner party and Larry's upset that he doesn't know the guest list, inadvertently invites the Funkhausers. So everything's colliding there. And then the D story is he runs into Cheryl and realizes, oh shit, I might like you. And she says in that scene, I, you know, you weren't doing anything when you had Seinfeld, you were going to work every day and doing all these things. Now you just kind of sit or sit around and complain about stuff. Too much Larry, too much Larry. And, she, and you could see the light bulb going off. I need, I need something again. When this show really works, it has the four stories like that, that are somehow all being juggled at the same time and at least three of them collide. Like, right, that was the old Seinfeld yeah. blueprint. This is the best opening of a season episode it has. Because this is like, you're setting up all this stuff. The show itself, there, everyone's at the top of their game. Um, you're jettisoning last year's storyline, bringing this year's storyline, doing it with a little cliffhanger at the end. I think this is the single best 30-minute episode just from a structural, what they're trying to achieve, how funny it is, all the things that are going on that it has. I don't know if it's the best. I don't know if it's the funniest, but it does the most things. As, it's the most impressive to me. Yeah, right. As, a, as an accomplishment, as a thing that takes the previous season, it gives you all of it. It's, it's amazing that it's only 30 minutes. That's the yeah. thing that like... Think of all the things he has to do in this. All the things that happen in this 30-minute show. I mean, and and we could go down the line. Even the device of Wanda Sykes saying to him that he's going to be up for an NAACP award. (laughs) Like the constant jives at him for for his uh, relationship with the Blacks. And And also how guilty he feels. Like he knows it's probably going to end at some point. Yeah. But um, to be able to... You have to tie up the previous season storyline as quick as possible because we gotta we gotta get out of that one. We gotta move forward. We gotta get to Seinfeld. We gotta figure out the Cheryl thing. But then also, like, we have to remember, like, 
Larry's a bad person. And yes. So is Jeff. Yes. So we almost have to, like, Larry became too good of a person near the end of season five. He finds out he's adopted. He, he realizes Cheryl doesn't love him. He finds real happiness and love with the blacks. But ultimately, we can't have Larry being happy. Well, I mean, the, the, the whole setup to the thing, the thing that really takes it over the edge uh, with uh, why he has to break up with Loretta before the results come in, two, two parts. She keeps the bedroom too hot. He can't, he can't tolerate it. <laughs> he doesn't want to hot. take care of anyone because he he's a narcissist. And he's worried that he's going to te- have to take care of her. And the expression on his face as he thinks through when, when Auntie Ray... <laughs> Yeah. Tells him, well, look, it's so lucky that she has you because you're going to be there for all of these potential moments that, that she's going to have to have where yeah. if the biopsy comes back negative and you see him physically, visibly crestfallen is understanding it. He's he's devastated. He's devastated. Yeah, by he's it. trapped in devast- Well, the opening shot of this whole episode and the whole seventh season is him walking upstairs with a tray. Slowly trudging. He's now like a servant for, yes, for Loretta. A beaten man. And he can't get out of it. Morally, there's no way out. How do you break up with somebody who is has cancer? Is like one of the only, this is the only show that would ever even have that <laughs> argument. Um, and Jeff, he and Jeff basically like, you know, Jeff gives him advice as a consigliere. Well, yeah. it's got to be, you got to do it. You got yeah, to do, do it right before. Right before. You beat the doctor. You got to do it. Which ends up with him in basically in a race with the doctor to see if he could break up with Loretta before she gets the biopsy results. Uh, best Literally scene, a race. Best scenes. The uh, Him arguing with J.B. Smoove and Loretta about the, the, temperature, the temperature in the house is so fucking funny. Yes. It's and unstoppable. JB's like, 78. It's got to be 78. 78 or higher. <laughs> so take that motherfucker up to 80. <laughs> and then he says when he goes to a hotel, he puts it at 100. <laughs> Jamie Smooth. God damn. Uh, he's just flinging heat. And it's it's hard to tell how much they were ad-libbing in that. Yeah. But it's just the three of them together are so good. He's so good with J.B. Smooth. Yes. And they realize it. Yes. Um, classic scene. Another one. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff hooks up with Bam Bam. We go from them sitting awkwardly across from her. Larry walks off. Doesn't know where they went. And we hear sex in a room and her going fuck me fat boy <laughs> well that's the other one another they just call him fat boy oh yeah right to his face lots he's, of fat jokes he's fat but it's fine because jeff jeff is a bad person he he yeah he, and he, he accepts it. it and then it goes in the right to them in the car like how could you do that like, <laughs> it's so good that was great the i didn't know you were gay scene is hilarious Spectacular with the, with him, and he's just he. Larry's just back. He's just back. It's like almost like Tony Soprano is back to killing people again. Larry's just back to being a bad person. It wasn't uh, part of the the genius of that. You know, many moments in the show throughout all of the seasons do produce a tiny cringe. I do get a, a like self conscious, and you know, as as time has gone on. It becomes uh, a medium. The cringe. mores, yeah, yeah. The mores have changed. The tastes have changed. I didn't. That that didn't. Uh, uh, he, because of how he delivered it, it was such a classic Larry delivery, right on the nose. It was perfect. It was right. Great. Yeah, he was still confused even after they were telling him. Yeah, they why were offended. Is it offensive? He's I like, don't why? understand the offense. <laughs> people who somebody who offends two other people, but then also gets defensive about that he offended them. Yes, that's happened on this show multiple times. The. Uh, the, right after they go talk to Marty and does the, what did you guys do to them? 
What? How did, how did you? How did you make her so happy? I've never seen her this happy. And they're looking at each other, and, like, and uh, and he was like, "Yeah, Jeff." And Jeff was there. He's like, "Oh, no wonder she was singing." No, I love the fat boy. And it's just it's going, and you know, Super Dave, one of the greats, incredible. It's been hard to watch this show without him, but I it's said, just this is just a classic Super yeah. Dave episode. Happy sad, happy yeah. sad. I I was watching. He deadpan. He gets mad a couple times. Then we get him at the table. Oh. Um, Oh, that's up. The dinner scene is the <laughs> funniest I, scene. Can I do anything? Well, yeah, yes. Do you mean that? Well, <laughs> yeah, right. that, you could come over at one o'clock and sit with her for two hours. Right. What? The dinner scene with uh, Bam Bam. Yes. Is a tour de force. This is where everything collides. We have, she's making sex mouth gestures at, uh, at Jeff. Larry's watching in complete horror. Knows the train wreck's coming. Bam Bam admits that Larry took food from the fridge or accuses him. Yeah, properly. Then the doctor gets upset because Larry's already gotten mad at him for that. So now it's got the hypocrite fridge angle. raid hypocrite. And then finally, Bam Bam goes nuts, and Susie. We wouldn't say flips Bam Bam out. goes nuts. No, Bam Bam, Bam Bam leaves the table. She storms off because she talked about the circumstances under which yeah, Larry she had was sex with Jeff allowed. You know making the sandwich and and what she was doing was having sex with Jeff. Right. She told the truth. So she tells the truth. Susie's just immediately goes into full she, Susie mode. She believes it immediately. Yeah. She's the first, her first instinct is you fat fuck, you mother. Yeah. yeah I've only, yeah, all, all the Susie language. Yes. She immediately is indict, indicting him. But she accepts his exp his ex explanation. Yeah, that she, Bam Bam is crazy. She's basically like, "I'm the only one who would have sex with you." Like <laughs> she just has no idea. That scene's hilarious. And then uh, Larry finding out Loretta has cancer when he almost faints, he like sinks to the ground. Just <laughs> and it's like he. It seems like he's upset she has cancer, but it's the opposite. He's just so selfish. Yes. He's like, oh my God, I'm stuck with this lady. What am I going to do? And Schaefer going through, Dr. Schaefer going through the list, the litany of things that, that Larry is going to be confronted with. Yeah. And did I, and repeating himself, did I include incontinence? Did yeah. I say, it's just. <laughs> and then we just go to the credits. Masterful. Directed by Larry Charles, who is always seems to be around all the best episodes, was also the guy that basically was guy who took over season one of Entourage and that's why season of one of Entourage is probably the best season. This show, there's never a bad scene. It accomplishes so much in 30 minutes. We also, any good curb has a bunch of funny little bits, right? That Larry clearly wrote down in some coffee shop or something. He has a whole take on neighbors versus thieves. <laughs> I'd rather have thieves. Neighbors want your time. Thieves just want your stuff, <laughs> which I agree with. It's I, really amazing. My wife hates that. I don't want to be friends with any of my neighbors. It's like, I just don't. I don't I don't want to have a relationship with my neighbors. I, 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 I don't want to have 10-minute dumb conversations. I don't yeah. want to share my position on All this. Right. Pre-breakup agreements. <laughs> He's like, almost like a pre-nuptial. So you, you can just dating. text the word. Yeah, text the word. Apricot. Which leads to him saying, him killing apricots? Yeah, one out of every 30. He's like, such a low percentage fruit. <laughs> um, the whole thing about not revealing a dinner party guest list is pretty funny. I do like that, that, you know, there are some social convention aspects to it that, you know, it really is the brilliance uh, that that starts with season one and runs through the, the entirety. Like, it is weird that the doctor went into the fridge 
without being invited to, you know, right. would you like it? Well, drink? that was the next funny bit. It's like, are you allowed to do that without asking? What, I wondered if it's clear the doctor's been to the house before, though. Yeah. So if if he's a, a, a guest, a repeat guest, is a repeat guest allowed to go into the fridge? I, I think you should always ask. Yeah. But the kind of conversation Kerr provokes. <laughs> then uh, you can't make an empty gesture to a Funkhauser. It's just a hilarious Unbelievable. thing in general. And that pops up over and over again. And then Wanda just loving Larry is so fucking funny. She hated Larry for years, thought he was like a closet racist, and now she's all in. She gets off six of the funniest lines. <laughs> it's one of her best scenes. It really is. Yeah. Are you, what you doing to your hair? <laughs> you call Lil Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know his number. You know, it's, like, it's so good. Unbelievable. What an episode. So this sets off, I think, a really good season. Yeah. Um, And then that run that Curb has, I think season seven, in season eight, which is had Palestinian chicken, had vow of silence, had social assassin and co-faxing and the cut and chat. Um, and it also moved away from the every season needs a gimmick subplot, which up till then, every it was like every season has to be tied together in some way. And season eight is like, fuck it, I'm just doing 10 episodes. Of a lot of his life. Day in the seven life. and eight, I think, have aged better than one through six in a lot of ways. Okay. Because I watched, because I, I actually thought we were going to do season three, the season finale as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, which is the episode with the Tourette chef and yes. leads to, which is like one of the funniest scenes the show's ever had. There's some dead spots in that episode. Okay. There's some funny stuff, like they get stuck in a car wash. There's a couple other things. But for the most part, this episode is like filet mignon on the bone. It's it's a surf and turf. It's filet and lobster. Yeah, you're right. It's all the above. I mean, with, it, there with potatoes no, au gratin and broccoli. And it's a giant a martini to start. It doesn't let up for a single second. Um, before we uh, before we go, season eleven. Yeah. What, do you what, what are your concerns? I I don't have concerns. I just love the challenge that that Larry David's confronted with the real life Larry David as we enter season eleven and the cultural moment that we're in. And how does he know, handle it? Yeah, right. I mean, the the full on uh, focus of the show, the show works off of violating social norms. So how how are we going to do it? It's a delicious conundrum. For yeah, Larry. and that was one of the reasons we want to do this one for Hall of Fame, because this is one that probably crosses the most lines with this work in 2021. I'm not even I'm not even positive. I'll say last season. I thought the episodes were too long. Yeah. And one of the reasons I love this episode is like, it's like 29 minutes. It's it insane. just sings. It's perfect. It's There's true. no fat. Yeah. And last year, I think he probably took advantage of how much HBO wanted the show to come back. He's like, I'm making these longer. And, um, you know, to mix results, there were a couple of good ones, but there were some other ones that just felt too fat. And I don't think they moved in the same way this one moves. I don't know what he's going to do this year with that, but how he tackles everything that's happened in the last, 18 months, 20 months since I can't remember the last time the show was on, but right. you know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff, differences a lot of stuff all there. over the place. The way Twitter can galvanize, it's never been probably more dangerous for a show like this. So I don't, I don't know how he handles it. I'm going to be fascinated. You, uh, it's probably, it's, is it, HBO back? Are all the shows in the can already? Oh yeah. It'd be interesting to see if he, if he got Dave Chappelle on. 
Oh, where let's like the people in the company got mad about an episode or anything. Yeah, yeah. who knows? I mean, I mean, and, and it, he could have had him on because it happened the last time Chappelle had a special. Oh, you think Chappelle need... on the on the yeah. actual show? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, why not? I mean, he has all, all comedians of all walks, and he loves to have comedians that are edge pushers. I mean, envelope pushers, line crossers, who's your line steppers? Who's your single favorite celebrity kind of cameo thing that's been on this? Because wow. that's one where, that's you know, they've hard. gone from like Michael J. Fox was yeah. on, yeah. Ben Stiller, which I, I didn't think was Ted great. I thought the dance stuff was funny. I love that yeah. rivalry. I almost feel like he's a character, though. Yeah, I agree. I know. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I'm trying to think like Alanis Morissette had a really funny episode um, that I thought they used her really well in. Okay. But, you know, when they bring in the celebrities, it can be pretty hit or miss. And like Scorsese, they tried to bring him in. I didn't think that totally worked. But then there's been other ones that... um Sometimes I like when the celebrity is not playing themselves. They're actually playing, you know, some sort of character, but it's clearly. I mean, that's clearly dancing. Them. Yeah. That's why I is like he him. playing Ted dancing? I don't yeah. know. Anyway. All right. Curbs is uh, October 24th. Check out uh, more episodes of Prestige TV podcast this week. We're doing a lot of succession, a lot of other stuff, and we will see you down the road. <laughs> <laughs>